Hey teachers, you're watching slash listening to the thing that we do on Fridays with me, Brother Lawson and Brother Wing. Brother Wing, you're looking nice today. It's nice to you clean up nice. I'm all dressed up. I mean, this is how I no always place to go. Dress. White <laughs> shirt and a tie. Ready to Man. go. But your it's uh I think it was your son's birthday this week. I mean it's today. Oh, well, it's not really today because now you ruined the now you ruined the secret of our podcast. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it was a couple of days ago, <laughs> back on the twenty fourth. <laughs> Way back on Wednesday, the twenty fourth, not on Friday today. I mean, yeah. name of our podcast is the thing that we do on Fridays. We wouldn't record this earlier on a Wednesday, anyway. <laughs> busted. Yeah, busted for sure. Um. All right, uh, teachers, we're hoping you're having a good time uh, working your way through First Nephi with your students. I know that it's been frustrating for some of you because there's so many dang uh, snow days, and that's a weird deal, the snow day thing. I know people get, people sometimes, like I've lived in Missouri for 15 years. Uh, I grew up in Utah, and so I know that people in Missouri get fed up with people in Utah, people from Utah saying, like, what are we canceling school for? They want to cancel it for three feet of snow. But come on, like, they they canceled school in some places today in Missouri, and it's 45 degrees. Like, there was zero ice. It was, like, kind of foggy. And so they canceled school. Come on. Come on. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. Right. Well, great point there. <laughs> so... Obviously, the adversary is at work on the elements to keep our students from attending seminary every single day. Um, but it's important to remember, it's important to remember, like some teachers have uh, worried that they're falling behind. Um, it's impossible to fall behind, right? Because the Book of Mormon is a tool that we're using to uh, to deepen the conversion of our students. And any chapters of the Book of Mormon can be used to help deepen the conversion. So the goal, the goal isn't to cover the Book of Mormon. If, if that's your goal, you're going to be really sad because we're skipping the entire Book of Alma over the summer. I can't believe we're doing that, by the way. It's such a great book. But it doesn't, just because we're, we're not teaching in seminary doesn't mean your students aren't ever going to be able to read it. We're just using the passages in the Book of Mormon uh, to help deepen the, the conversion of our students. And that's what we're going to talk about today. How First uh, Nephi 16 through 22, how we can scripture feast on these chapters and how they, we can use them to help deepen the conversion of our students. So, Brother Wing, you want to start us in First Nephi 16 or do you want to tell us any stories? Do you want to sing us some songs? Tell us a, tell us a mission story, maybe? I'll probably sing later. Okay. All right. Stay tuned to the end of the podcast. Yeah. Brother Wing will sing you off. Yeah. Now, on the pacing guide, the way that the teacher manual is broken down, they basically give lessons about certain topics that more or less go along with First Nephi 16 through 18. So that's why it looks kind of funky with right. 16 to 18 on Monday and seven, 16 to 17 and 17 and 18. They're just kind of picking their focus for that right. particular lesson. Now, that said, I went through those lessons and me personally, I would just go Monday chapter 16, Tuesday chapter 17, Wednesday chapter 18, and then on February 1st, do on Thursday, do first Nephi 19 to 22. 
uh, that way. So that's my personal jive with yeah. how to teach these chapters. Um, but there's a lot of good things in the teacher manual that will help you within each one of those chapters. But but you kind of have to spread out if you're going to do it my way um, to like see what what portions are covered in that particular teacher manual section. Right, right, right. So that said, if I'm going to study chapter 16, I'm loving the idea of how the Lord will help us through challenges and difficulties. And so students could think of challenges or difficulties that they're they're thinking about, or um, you could create some kind of an obstacle or even have like a little maze, you know, that they work through that's short that you can pass out and have them like go through that maze, or there might be some other kind of uh challenge or mental challenge that they could kind of warm up with to say, here's this thing. How do you figure this out? Or how do you overcome this obstacle? Or how do you solve this problem? Now let's do the same thing in the scriptures and read chapter 16 and notice what the challenges are, how people react to those challenges. But most importantly, what does the Lord provide to us to help us overcome challenges and if they can then see all of that and connect that in their own lives, I mean, it's, this is what I think we were talking before. There was a chapter. Oh yeah. First Nephi 13. That's not an easy read. Right. I think chapter 16 is an easy read. Yeah, it is. Um, and therefore when you're thinking about, Hey, read this chapter and then figure out how this connects with things that we're facing today, that that's got to lead to a really cool discussion with our students. So feasting and sharing after that. This is a great chapter to do it with. I love that. I think one of the ways that I, one of the things I've seen in a lot of these chapters, um, I think lends itself to having pretty effective scripture feasting days with your students. The um, for many students, one of the most important things in their life right now are their friends. Now, this is kind of a family. This is a family story. We get some friends. We get uh, Ishmael and his daughters that. Uh, join up with the with Leah and his family, but I think there's great lessons about uh, about families and about friends uh, and and reactions and responses and attributes of good friends and uh, helpful family members and bad friends and not helpful friend, family members. So I might uh, I like that question on the bookmark. Like, how does this, how might this chapter bless my family? I think you could send your students into like 16, 17, and 18 and have them find some truths. You might even let them get more specific and say, what are, what are responses and attributes that strengthen the family or strengthen friendships? And what are responses and attributes that weaken families and weaken friendships? And I think they'll find a ton uh, in there and and really what it is is there's there's Christ-like family responses and Christ-like um friendship responses and then there are uh adversity uh, adversary like responses in fact I was just thinking brother wing about um oh where was it one of the one of the, well it's all over really one of the one of the tactics I think of the adversary is to try to convince us that we're alone, that nobody's on our side, that nobody's with us. And, and that's what it seemed like Laman and Lemuel were doing with Nephi. You're like, you're crazy. 
You got, you're out of your mind. You, nobody believes that you can do this. You shouldn't believe that you should do this. You're, you're up in the night. This is a tactic I think that the adversary continues to use today. It's not helpful in, in friendships. It's not helpful in families. Um, we got this book and Liz ordered this book off of Amazon. Um, it's like, I think it's called like something like 52 manners or something like that. It's, it's a manner a week. And it's this chart that she, it's a book, but it has a, it's like a flip chart type thing. And she puts it up on the fireplace mantle and we, uh, we get a new manner every week that we work on. And the manner I should have brought it for the pod for the so people on Facebook could see, but I think it's like the third manner that we've been studying is it says friends and in big bold letters, but um <laughs> but right above it in smaller letters it says you might need new <laughs> and then friends. <laughs> and so it talks about that manner talks about how if you have friends that are constantly putting you down, that are excluding you, that um, are uh, that don't believe that you can accomplish your goals, you might need new friends. I'm sure Nephi would have preferred to have some new friends <laughs> on the on the trip, but uh, you know, so many times as you're reading 16 through 18, you're like, just ditch these guys, just ditch it. Like, let me let me go home. If you don't want to do that, like, just go home. Why why are you here? But Nephi believes in covenants, and <laughs> so you keep working with your family members. Anyway, that's a really long description of me saying, have your students look for what attributes and responses uh, are uh, evidence of great family members, family members that are struggling. I like that because I sometimes forget to think about studying the scriptures that way to look for these uh, attributes and especially the Christ-like attributes that we can develop. You know, I'm looking for the details of the principles, you know, and, but uh, as you, as you specifically look for that, you'll see kind of characteristics of Nephi that then become inspiring to emulate um, in our own lives and recognizing that obviously overall, these are characteristics of Christ that we want to develop. And by studying the scriptures, we can get those things. So um, I like, I really like First Nephi 16. They need to get this concept about the Liahona and how the Lord will guide us. And there's lots of quotes that you can find about the Liahona. There's some in the teacher manual likening, like Elder Bednar does, that this is like the Holy Ghost for us. And so students want to, students will want a Liahona in their life and mm -hmm. they've got it, you know, and, and then to connect that with Alma 37, where Alma likens the uh, Liahona to the word of Christ, as he calls it. And, and so that, so that as we take the scriptures and listen to what the scriptures are and obtain the spirit to be with us, like second Nephi 32 will tell us as we feast upon the words of Christ, uh, the Holy ghost will tell us all things, what we should do. And so we really can be personally guided, uh, in our life. If they get that out of first Nephi 16, along with, Hey, when things are hard, I don't need to give up or get negative. Right. I can listen to the Lord. He's going to help me know how to do these challenges. And so even like in verse nine, where he tells uh, Lehi, he commands him to journey into the wilderness. That's That might seem like scary, you know, to like, okay, we're really, we're really going, <laughs> you know, and now we're going into this sketchy wilderness that we have no idea, you know, and yet the very next verse 
the Lord provided that Liahona. Right. So he's he's not sending them out alone or without the resources that they need. And he doesn't, he the same with us. You go into your life, things are hard, but he's going to give you resources. We just got to be Nephi-like to not get negative, right. whiny when things get hard. You know, this is kind of this is kind of the exciting part of of scripture feasting too with our students. Like it is it's fun to share what we, what we find in the scriptures. Like that's kind of fun to do. And we want our students to do it. Um, it's more fun, I think, when our students do it rather than us. And so giving them that opportunity, you, you, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna find stuff in the scriptures, you're gonna hear stuff that sounds cool, but really be careful not to just be sharing with everybody with your class, like all the cool things, all the cool experiences. There's a balance there because your students need to know that you think the scriptures are cool and that you're having a good experience in the scriptures. They need to see you excited about it, but they need to see you just as excited about them having a great experience in the scripture. So these chapters are kind of fun because your students, I think can, will be able to relate in some degree uh, to, to Nephi here anything else you want to say about 16 no i mean it, uh no that's it let's go to 17 <laughs> okay good chapter 17 what do you think about nephi's tactic here um again his, his brethren it's layman and lemuel are being boogers and uh and so he starts to he starts to remind them of the scriptures. He starts going through the scriptures, which I really like. I like that Nephi is involving the scriptures. It didn't work for Laman and Lemuel, by the way. It doesn't seem to work as <laughs> overall. It didn't work. I think in moments it probably did, but but I like that um, Nephi is reminding them of all the ways that the Lord has helped his people through hard situations, um, and. Your students can go through in chapter 17 and be reminded of all these awesome experiences in scriptures. I might even challenge them to come up with what would they add to chapter 17? What stories are they aware of in the scriptures that they could have told Laman and Lemuel about, even from the Book of Mormon, you know, stories that hadn't happened yet. But what what are stories that that would have strengthened, that may have strengthened Laman and Lemuel's resolve to to be engaged in this work that was divinely inspired. So, so I like that giving the students to kind of analyze and, and think back on their own scripture experience, the stories and the, uh, the chapters and verses of the, of all the standard works that they know of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's really cool that there's kind of these two parts to chapter 17. This is a bigger chapter, but you could do two separate scripture feastings uh, here. Cause you kind of have, their journeys, and then Nephi's uh, instruction to build a ship and how he starts that process. There's a lot to learn from that. Um, and I think the students, if they were just to go, say, uh, chapter 17, verses 1 through 20, you know, and say, hey, okay, you're journeying through life. God gives you some things to build. Probably isn't a ship, but he gives you other things that he wants you to do. So, how do you how do you relate you know here to this how is this useful to your life and then they can talk about that and then you can do the rest of it where and this is where i would remind the students hey why is it again that layman and lemuel murmur so much like what was the reason that we identified it back in chapter 2 
It's that they know not the dealings of the God of that God who created them. So if that's true now, so you're Nephi and you're like, okay, God told me to build a ship. I'm getting going on this. My brothers are like totally making fun of me and interfering with the process of all of this. They're murmuring again. So they don't know the dealings of God. So what would you do in this situation? If they, that's the, the cause of the problem, really, of their murmuring then you teach them. So teach them about the dealings of God, who God is. And that's where what you're talking about, this scripture lesson that he gives is just so great. Mm -hmm. So then read verses 23 to 46, students, <laughs> like 23 to 46, and identify what do you learn about God? How does this help you to live life confidently and peacefully um, because of what's taught here about God? And then you can finish off the story about Nephi shocking Laman and Lemuel. Um, well, God shocking them through Nephi. But, right. but uh, it's a, I mean, that, that might be a lot to try to uh, contain in one day if you're working through that. Again, we're not trying to just cover everything. There's ways to summarize that, but you can also steal a little time from uh, the next day if you need to um, finish out that chapter to, so that they got the story down. But I really... If the students can get that middle part, they learn something about God today that gave them some confidence and hope in life. That would be great. And I like how you start that. Like one of the one of the skills that Brother Wing just modeled there was uh, establishing some context at the beginning in a real short way. He just said he would say, "Remember, students, why did Laman? Why was it that Laman and Lemuel murmured? Because they didn't know the dealings of God. So, with that context in mind, you're going to see how Nephi tries to help them, right? And so, you can send them into scripture feasting, having them look for uh, what what method does Nephi use, and what was the content that he used, and how could that be helpful? Laman and Lemuel, good heavens, man. <laughs> It's their deal. Do you think they'll make it in the social kingdom? I bet they're going to be in the social kingdom. I bet they've. I bet they've changed. You got. You've got a great merciful heart, Brother Lawson. <laughs> I think. I think so. Yeah. But seriously, though, I mean, these guys um, had some pretty remarkable experiences. I think one of the one of the implied principles in uh, in these chapters is that spiritual experiences leak right so he's carrying around those spiritual experiences in a bucket with a hole in them we got to constantly be filling that bucket because a spiritual experience doesn't change it for doesn't change everybody's life forever um and so we shouldn't be surprised we shouldn't be surprised even in, in our own lives when we're starting to feel a little bit distant like we gotta we gotta keep filling that bucket so Let's go to chapter 18. The The ship is finished. Nephi builds the boat, and uh, which is amazing, really, when you think about it. They're traveling in the wilderness eight years before they stop, this, and now they're building this boat. This is, quite the, uh, this is quite the pilgrimage that they're on, and it seems like, if we're not careful, it seems like, again, this is the importance of establishing context. It seems like it just happens in a few days. Like, oh, yeah, they leave Jerusalem, go down to build a boat real quick, hop in. No, this is years and years and years of being in the in the wilderness. And that might be an interesting thing just to dwell upon for a moment. Let your students either ponder or talk about that. What's that like for Nephi 
and Lehi and Laman and Lemuel and, the, and Ishmael. Like this is a long time before they even put put something in the water to start floating. So, yeah. um, all yeah. right, how do we do uh, chapter eighteen on Wednesday? Okay, Wednesday? I just want to I just want to remind the teachers, like always, every time when you're uh, introducing. Uh, a given scripture section to the students, they can just use the bookmark, you know, for scripture feasting. You give them the necessary details, context, uh, maybe some definitions of words, or but you don't always have to just tell them something to look for or have a particular question in mind. They can come up with a question, choose their own question uh, from the bookmark. And chapter 18 is no different, especially. This is another great story, kind of an easy read, you know, Spoiler alert, they already know what's going to happen here. They're going to make it to the promised land on this ship that was actually <laughs> built. So it's going to work. Um, that said, you may feel like they need something else uh, to process this or find relevance in it. And one way to do that is that you can um, ask the students as they come into class or as you start class, just talk to them about the next step of their life. You know, they're in high school right now. What do you, when you think about life beyond high school students, what do you what do you think about? You know, and what's exciting about it? What are you most looking forward to? What's maybe is there is there any parts of it that make you nervous or concerned? You know, like and just you can listen to what they have to say about the next stage of life for them, meaning post high school, um, and you know the other things that are going on there, and then you could say, okay, what if you were said, here's what I want to do after, after high school. Here's what I'm concerned about. Um, here's what, here's some things that I need to get ready. If I'm, if I'm really going to be prepared for that time to make it the most enjoyable. And then the Lord's like, all right, if you're going to get really focused and ready and we're going to make this successful and you're going to be confident and excited about the next step of life, you need to read first Nephi chapter 18. <laughs> so what what does this chapter have to do about the next step of life for you and that's you know i'm not saying that chapter 18 is going to tell them everything they need to know about college or missions or marriage or making decisions on their own or laundry or whatever else they they got to do on their own but um there's a lot of great principles in there that could focus them make this more relevant for them yeah i, I I love I love that, and I think I was as you were saying that I was thinking about especially our our seniors who maybe have a little bit of anxiety of I mean there is some comfort of being in in high school like as much as they want to get out there's some comfort there because we know what you know I know what I'm supposed to do every day and now all of a sudden I've got a little bit of a little bit of freedom a little bit of movement that I can can do I also like and I think this I think chapter eighteen can also set up a pretty good. Uh, scripture feasting in chapter 19 as well, just as we consider, as we look for um, re remembering that that Nephi went from having his heart softened to, you know, years ago so that they go on this journey into the wilderness to really deepening. Think of all the experiences that ne Nephi has had that has deepened his relationship with God. And has helped him rely on the Lord and maybe just make a list of all the things that um, that have happened up until the point where they <clears throat> where they got into the boat and started sailing. Um, talk about uh, how how his reliance on the Lord 
what times that he had to rely on the Lord and, and what difference that would have made in him, what it was like for him to, to, you know, be a newlywed and, and in the wilderness with your honorary brothers, all these things that are tying you up and uh, trying to kill you. And then when you get to chapter 19, I don't want to get too far ahead, but, um, but they're going to, he's going to have this great, we're going to see this great prophecy of the savior um, and his, his suffering. But Nephi is just not a guy that uh, the book of Mormon moves so quick right here that I think we need to just slow down and kind of taste a little bit about what Nephi has experienced. So, so maybe asking a question like students today, I want you to go into the scriptures and uh, read chapter 18. I want you to look for, I want you to look for what does Nephi's relationship with the Lord look like? And what are the clues that um, that indicate to us that that Nephi has a testimony? Um, and and they'll see some great things, especially as, well, they'll see some great things in, in chapter 18 there. Anything else you want to say about that one? No, I just, I like that idea. I think it's, you know, kind of what does Nephi want us to learn? What do we learn about Nephi right. here? But then... Yeah. It just naturally then goes to what are we learning about the Lord and what does the Lord want us to know about this chapter for us? Right, right, right. Okay, so 19 through 19 through 20, 22. Is it through 22? That's 22, yeah. Um, it could be high adventure. We get into some Isaiah stuff. You're like, oh, it's still January. How can we get into Isaiah? This, it'll be fine. It'll be fine, especially because it's so great. Like Chapter 19 sets it up really, really great. Uh, so what would you do on these? This is Thursday. What would you do for these chapters on a, on a Thursday, brother wing? Okay. So, um, 19, I think as, as I look through this chapter and I've done this before where there's, it's just drenched with the savior and things that we need to remind ourselves about him, things that we can look for with him. And one of the more profound thoughts here is in verse seven about um, where Nephi points out that the things which some men esteem to be of great worth, both of bo to body and soul, others set at naught and trample under their feet. I mean, it's almost crazy to Nephi that people could to do this. He's, he's being nourished and blessed by the word of God. He's recognizing power that's given to him because of this, and that he's, he sees his brothers that are just trampling it under their feet. Right. Um, and, but then this is not unique just to, you know, Nephi's distinction from Laman and Lemuel. This is all over the place. And so he's pointing this out that the whole world has this challenge. Are you going to take this and recognize that it's valuable to your body and soul, or are you going to trample it under your feet? And so if I can get my students focused in on that idea that, hey, I want to come closer to God. I want to use the scriptures for what they were. I don't want to ignore them or, you know, so that's where I want them to go with this. And so right. if I can get that solidly in the first 15 or 20 minutes with First Nephi 19, then we can build upon that with these two Isaiah chapters and kind of find further illustrations of it. And so here's one, here's one quick idea um, to kind of introduce this in a semi-fun way. I always say semi-fun because things that are fun to me aren't always fun to other people. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh so have the students just say, look, I'm going to students, I'm going to tell you a word or a phrase. You, you find the opposite in, in the verses. So chapter 19, verse one, 
Like I'll I'll say a word, you say the opposite. So verse one, say mother, then they'll go father, right? And then in verse two, you say the city, you know, and then they'll find um, what's in there about the wilderness that's opposite of the city, you know. Verse three, this is the most confusing and lame parts. And then they'll find plain and precious. Verse four, peace and love. They'll find the opposite. Verse five, ignorance. Uh, verse six, you can say worldly or common. And maybe they will find the word sacred there. And then in verse seven, you tell the students to look up and you will have uh, taped up on the ceiling safely um, a picture of Jesus <laughs> that Safer. maybe they won't even notice until they actually look up uh, to see him. So then they look up, they see this picture of Jesus on the ceiling and then, okay, what's the opposite? You know, then it's Jesus on the floor, you know, and then like, okay, let's read verse seven. What's the point here? What are we learning here about this? How would people actually trample Jesus under their feet? Um, Nephi tells us in the verse, they set him at naught and hearken not to the voice of his counsels. So we want to do the opposite of that, students. And so will you feast on the rest of this? Verse 8 verse eight to the end of the chapter. Yeah. Tell us how we can do the opposite. How, tell us how we can value the Savior and what he gives and his word and do the opposite of setting him at naught. I like that. I like that a lot. That's a good activity. And I think that I would fall for it. And so um, I think it, <laughs> I think it would, I think it would set it up. I think that's a great way to set it up. And I think having them read from eight to the end with that question in mind is going to yield some pretty awesome answers. I mean, Nephi is going to, going to mention a lot of different things. He's going to talk, uh, especially towards the end, he's going to talk about um, why he keeps using the scriptures. You can remind them once again, the Laman and the Lemuel didn't know the dealings of God. And so Nephi knows the scriptures are about his only hope uh, to, to help them, <laughs> to, for them to change. If he can, if he can remind them, um, then maybe they've got a then maybe they've got a chance. In fact, I was just thinking about this. Here's a side note from later on in the Book of Mormon, um, Helaman chapter five. I was reading Helaman chapter five. You know about those awesome missionaries Nephi and Lehi. These guys were were awesome. And uh, remember when they're thrown in jail, and then there was the shaking, the earthquake, and the um, and then the voice from heaven telling everyone to leave them alone and repent. And they looked at Nephi, all the people, all the Lamanites looked at um, Nephi and Lehi's faces and they were shining and it scared everybody. And there was one of the guys, one of the people that was with the Lamanites who was a, who was a Nephi, a former Nephi, but had left the church of God is what the scripture says. His name was Aminadab. He saw their faces shining and people are like, what, are, what is happening? And Aminadab, who had left the church, started to bear his testimony about Nephi and Lehi, and he knew what to tell the people to do, kind of like what Abish did. He told people, he said, we've got to repent. This is what we got to do. We've got to repent, and we've got to humble ourselves, and we have to call on the name of God, 
And I mean, 30 seconds before Abinadab, Abinadab didn't have any idea he was going to be preaching the gospel to people, but because he had the word of God in him, uh, the Holy Ghost brought all things to his remembrance. And I think that's what, I think that's what Nephi is shooting for here with Lane and Lemuel. And I think that's what we're shooting for with our students. If we can get the word of God into our students, even, even if they, they struggle, um, with their testimonies and, um, and we think, oh gosh, what's the problem? There is, if it's if there's even a glimmer in them, which there is, though it seems like God finds a way for that to to draw that out sometime in their life. So I think that's what Nephi's goal is here with Laman and Lemuel. I don't know if he if it ever happened for him, but, <laughs> but it was a good goal. I like goal. that. And I like I really like how you said that this is his only hope, like to get him into the scriptures. Yeah. And so, and that is the direct reason, you know, he says, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, preach from Isaiah, you know, so that they can more fully persuade them to believe in the Lord, you know, and then he, he, you know, verse 24 is really great, you know, hear the words of the prophet, you know, hear ye uh, these words, liken them to yourselves that ye may have hope, you know, and so this is it. And so, that's a great context to then lead them into these two Isaiah chapters. Now you're like, wait, we're going to do this great feasting on 1 Nephi 19. How are you going to have time to talk about Isaiah and how to understand Isaiah? Well, here's a quick way that you could do it, and it's mm -hmm. it'll just take minutes. And it's a great practice to then springboard off of verse 24 of chapter 19. Look for hope in, in chapters 20 and 21. And Isaiah is difficult and challenging, but students, all I want you to do is... Find a phrase, find like search through here. You can even just scan the text, not even reading, just kind of like scanning the text, looking for a phrase that you do understand. There's a lot in here that you probably don't understand um, and, that we, and that we don't have time to go into major detail right now, but look for a phrase in here that is inspiring to you, that does uplift you, that you do feel like you understand. You can then, once you latch onto it, you can look at the other um the surrounding the verse itself and make sure it's solid in your brain, but just go through there and find a phrase that uplifts you, instructs you, inspires you. I mean, in chapter 21, it's got that. I have engraven thee on the palms of my hand. Thy walls are continually before me. You know, there's stuff like that that's in there. That's just so good that they can get and, um, and help them. And then they can share with each other the phrase that they found, you know, they might even want to write it down and or post it somewhere but these are there's some good stuff in those isaiah chapters yeah i like the idea of reminding students and this is maybe some context you can apply here of what moroni included on the title title page right um where he said he was listing the the purposes of the book of mormon and one of the um one of the very first purposes of the book of mormon is to let God's children know that they are not cast off forever, that they, you know, covenants are what keep us close to God. Um, and they're not, and we're not cast off forever. And so as you read these Isaiah chapters, look for evidence that God is not casting off his children forever, right? Look for ways that he is seeking to gather them and bring them back to him. And, and there's a lot in there that Isaiah will talk about. So that's good. Friday is doctrinal mastery review. What do you want to say about that? 
just keep on keeping on. Try to like is another opportunity for them to kind of review passages, become ultra familiar with them. They're getting them every week. We've had a couple of these reviews in a row now. So kind of go back to the same thing if you did like last week and just remind them of these. Uh, you can particular you can pick a particular phrase and start to or passage and start to memorize that as well. But however you want to do that, as long as they're getting more familiar with them and start to memorize, that's a successful doctrinal mastery day here. Excellent. All right, teachers. We're glad that you joined us for this episode of the thing that we do on Fridays. On Fridays. This is really it's really Friday. Uh, until next time, we love your guts. Everybody stay righteous. The wings sing us out of this podcast. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's awesome.